Police in Las Vegas found themselves in the middle of a UFO mystery last month after an... Big eyes, they have big eyes. Mythical Legends Podcast with your host Daniel Barnett. Welcome to the Mythical Legends Podcast. Today we have an an amazing guest which I cannot wait to chat chat to. He is the most loveliest man I've met for a very, very long time in the beer in the Bigfoot world. So um I have a very, very special co-host. Uh, she is my partner in crime. Uh, you uh, you may know her. Um so let's bring her on. Hi Jill, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very well. Very, very, very excited to be here. Um, yes, so yeah, look, me We too. have a very, very good de- guest, don't we? Absolutely. Um, I'm very... Uh, see, uh, we, we've just spent about five minutes um, before we came on air um, chatting. It was, it was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think he's going to have a lot of just totally mind-blowing stories to tell us. Yeah. So everyone who is watching, I'm very very sure that uh, our guest will be very very willing to answer any questions. So you are more than welcome to uh, shove it in the chat. We've already had some nice uh, hellos already. Hi, hi Rebecca, and we have V. Is on it. <laughs> um, so I reckon let's bring our guest on and let and let's have a good chat. So um, w- today's guest, he's a Bigfoot researcher and Bigfoot witness. Oh, hi, Chris. Hey, guys. Um, a Bigfoot witness. Um, so without further ado, here he is, Mr. Daryl Denton. Hey, mate, how are you? How are you, Daniel? Thanks for having me on. I'm, I, hi, grandmother. How are you? <laughs> Very well, thank you. <laughs> Great crew here. I appreciate the honor to have me on, buddy. So I'm more of an experiencer than anything. I've had lots of encounters, but I'm definitely no expert at anything. So I can only talk about what I've experienced. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, I reckon let's just jump straight in and go with what started your interest in the Bigfoot world, Daryl? Well, my first encounter was what got me started. I'm not going to say I didn't believe in them, but, uh, you know. Go ahead then, mate. Say, you know, after my first encounter back in November of 92, while I was muzzleloader hunting, that's how I got started. I seen one of these creatures come out and it just scared me to death. I'd never seen anything like that. Um, It looked at me me and gritted his teeth and 
growled at me and tore a lamb out of a tree and then it screamed like a unbelievable scream and it walked off the other direction and I jumped about 25 foot out of my tree stand and ran as fast as I could run because I thought the thing was going to kill me to be truthful so it was a pretty crazy um, encounter. It changed my life completely because I had never had any idea that this thing existed, yeah. especially where I was at, because I'd hunted there all my life on my grandfather's farm, but never that deep in. There was, I was a lot further in than I normally went. But uh, it was definitely life changing. It, it lived. It was uh, pretty fearful for a number of years. So. Uh, it probably took me about seven years to really get over it. I wouldn't say I ever got over it, but if I hadn't had another encounter by complete accident uh, in late 99 uh, on the river while I was fishing, I probably would have never gotten over it because I was fearful of it. But after I realized there's some different type out there, and I've seen what I believe to be three different type of these creatures, I call the ones on the river, which I encountered when I was fishing, encountered, uh, I call them the real forest people. Uh, I call the other ones Bigfoot or Sasquatch, or as my native tribe calls them, the Chiatanka, which is Lakota Sioux uh, from my ancestors. So um, that was how it all got started anyway. You know, I've been very fortunate to have many encounters and some good and some not good. So. Yeah, cool. Wow. So we have one question here for you, Daryl. Um, how close was uh was this creature? I was in a tree stand on about a forty-five degree angle hill uh, in Tennessee, where I live. The, the hills and hollows can get really steep and tall, and uh, well, the tree is straight up, overlooking a creek in an open area of a clearing in the woods, and. You know, I was um, 70, 80 feet maybe from it. Not very far. Wow. I was kind of looking down on it. I was up higher than the creature was, but wow. uh, it definitely knew where I was at. It knew it knew I was there. I, I had heard something when I went into the woods that morning. So uh, wow. I believe that's what I heard. That, that, that's an ink. That's a class A sighting. That's what you call a yeah. class A sighting. That's a um, an incredible experience, but scary. If I had seen that, well, I would have just. Know, you know, I think we're kind of raised to believe that these things don't exist. That's the biggest scary yes. part about it. Because yeah. I'd hunted in these woods all my life, not that far in, but I'd seen about every creature that lived in that area. But you're not going to, you know, you're not in a tree stand 25 feet up, and you have a what I call a monster walk out of, the, out of a cane thicket and act like it wanted to kill me. So uh, it was, it wasn't happy with me. It, it, its face was kind of contorted. It was mad. It looked mad and it was not happy I was there. So um, it was definitely a life changing experience. I didn't go in, I didn't hunt in the woods. I didn't hunt in the woods for probably seven years i didn't i didn't go in the woods i've never been back to that spot where my stand was so uh wow. it's still there i guess i don't know but uh 
it must along have been with a my binoculars and some other mm-hmm. things I left in the tree. So I jumped out of a tree stand about 25 foot up, and all I carried with me was my 50 caliber black powder rifle, and I slid all the way down in the leaves into the creek, and I turned and ran and just kept looking back for it to see if it was chasing me. And fortunately, it wasn't. But uh, it was pretty frightening. My grandfather, I guess, was the most shocking because my granddad and I were super close. And he was 92 years old at that time. But he wasn't like a regular 92-year-old man. He was a hard-working farmer, and he, he was more like a 70-year-old at that time. And uh, when I ran into the house, I was couldn't even breathe. I was trying to catch my breath. And he said, my granddad never called me by my name. He called me boy. He said, boy, what's wrong with you? And I couldn't even a while to get my breath and I finally got it and I said I'd seen a monster in the woods and well what did it look like and I told him he goes oh you seen the wood booger I said a wood booger what is a wood booger I've never heard of a wood booger so that's what this particular type creature was called my granddad had seen him four times in his lifetime and heard him a lot more than that wow but uh he'd never mentioned them to me and he told me that he didn't mention them because he wanted me to hunt and camp in the woods and all the things I did. He didn't want to ruin my my feeling toward you know the outdoors. But uh, yeah. it was pretty shocking. Yeah. You know, my granddad knew about these creatures all his life, and he never told me about them. So I always thought we were pretty close. I'm not sure how close we were now, but you know it was. He never told me about it. Hi, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, so, questions that I don't have my on my sheet, but I, I just, I just need to ask you. How did you feel after the experience? Did you go out and immediately tell people? Did you? Well, I was, you know, like I said, I ran to my grandfather's house first. After I crossed the second hill, there was three big hills I had to cross to get to this spot. It was about an hour walk from from my grandfather's house. And uh, he, lived, he lives in a very rural area, way out in the country. And I had three of my buddies with me. We had hunted there five or six years. We had a camper parked next to his barn. And we had four-wheelers, ATVs. They were hunting in a different area. And I was hunting somewhere I'd never hunted before. And, uh, you know, when they came back, a couple hours, I was still in shock of what I'd seen. I kept looking out the windows and the back door to make sure this thing wouldn't come. And, and uh, it was it was uh, very different. And, you know, I went out and greeted them when they came back in. One of them had got a, a deer and he had it hanging in the tree next to the barn there. So I skinned it out. And we had hunted there for five or six years previously same crew scott jason and cody my deer hunting partners in that day and we always got deer but i wanted to get a big deer so i went deeper in and i was mainly looking for a trophy then more than i was to put meat on the table so oh i was i would say i probably had nightmares uh, every night for four or five months um couldn't sleep and I still today don't sleep very well. But, uh, you know, um, I had nightmares for a long time. It was, uh, it didn't go away real easy. And if I hadn't run into the second 
my second encounter, I don't think I would have ever gotten over. But, you know, they still went hunting up there. I went with them two or three years after that. I didn't hunt. They did. And I told them I just didn't care about hunting. I mentioned to them what I'd seen, and they just said, you must have had too much to drink last night. I said, I didn't have anything to drink. Mm -hmm. They said, no, we ain't never seen anything like that. And I just kind of let it go from there. But. You know, it was a different time. When you go back to the 90s, this was 1992, there weren't any Facebook groups. There weren't any uh, radio or podcast shows to talk about it. You couldn't really talk to anybody about it because yeah. everybody thought you were crazy. And uh, fortunately, uh, my best friend at that time, and still is my best friend, Martin Groves, who's had the experience a year later, and he's one of my research partners now, you know, he had had a dogman encounter in, in Kentucky, Tennessee area. And he and I wow. would get together at that time. I was a mayor of my town and he was uh, chief deputy sheriff of the county. And we would talk about our stuff at lunch. I was really the only person I had to talk to about anything crazy like that. So you go run around town telling people you seen a Bigfoot in the woods. I mean, they all think you've lost your mind. So, yeah. you know, I told my yeah. family and they just looked at me and said, well, you probably seen a bear. I said, no, it wasn't no bear. But, uh, you know, since then it's changed a lot. You know, it's uh, yeah. very open when you've got a group like we've got and you've got a podcast like you've got. You know, it really does help people to understand and understand encounters better. And they're not as fearful or feel safer than they once did. So mm. I'll go ahead and let you talk. It's still met with a lot of skepticism, though, isn't it? I mean, particularly oh, here yeah. in the UK, sure. yeah. it's like yeah. it's something that happens in America. It's all Americanized. And I think Daniel has had a lot of problems trying to just explain to people all the stories we've heard from around the world um, and especially when and Daryl I'm not I'm not sure if you're aware or not but have you seen my posts about me finding uh, primate DNA here, here in the UK so the person who did that with me was Jill so we both came over this print and ever since that's gone out we've had an, an amazing reply to that and then a group of people that just didn't and, and went you faked it you've no, gone and planted Bigfoot hair there I'm going what? I'm 14 and you're telling me that I've gone and planted Bigfoot hair there it, it, it's weird though isn't it it's like that's that's weird you know i gave up a long time ago like when i first went through this you know was it got a little more open you know i gave up a long time ago of trying to convince people that they were real i mean you just give up on that so yeah you know i just yeah. kind of i knew what i'd seen i knew they were real and i didn't really care what anybody thought so you know yeah. you have to really take it on like that if you don't you're going to be all by yourself and yeah. It's going to really hit you hard at times, you know, but, you know, we've got so many other people that have seen these creatures. I mean, the people in my group are amazing. Mm. Mm. Jennifer Appleton uh, in my group, Bigfoot Believers Not a Creature, she sees them every day. And, wow. you know, there's other people in the group that see them regularly. Uh, you know, Beth Collinsworth in the group, 
course, my great friend, Ron Moorhead, he don't see him every day, but he's one of my research partners. And Martin Groves, Martin Unley, uh, we were just in the LBL um, uh, roughly five weeks ago and had Bigfoot all around us. They were everywhere, wow. just breaking limbs and everything else. And, you know, it was um, an experience where you, you realize real quick, if you're not a believer, you'll become one. So, yeah. you know, there's so many people, though, that have as many experiences as I've had or more, you know, um, I can just go down the list of all the people that are in my admin and moderators, for example, that I've had encounters, you know, uh, just same name so many that see them regularly. So there is loads there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there is. I've seen them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's it's, and there is some just, good names. There. Yeah, go on. Can I just ask us of the different encounters you've had? Are there a lot of differences that you think in their personalities? Then, because you said the oh, first yeah. one seemed quite aggressive. Hundred percent. The first one some was. Seen, the first seen one I seen. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, have they seemed a little bit more tolerant towards you, or fre even friendly? I just wonder if they have this different. Because you're obviously not terrified of them anymore. <laughs> well, I, you know, I know this much. I, 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 I first, I don't know how many different types there are. Out there are. I, I know there's probably more that I've seen, but I've seen what I, I know. I've seen three different types, and what I say by type is their appearance is really different. So uh, the ones I had, the first one I seen was as what I looked up, you know, at that time there was nowhere you couldn't Google it. You had, I went to the library after this and I finally found a picture. It was called a woodpecker, a type two. And that's what my grandfather had called it. It just didn't say type two when he mentioned it, but it, on, on the picture it showed like 10 different types. So, yeah, it was a really mean looking type creature. The second ones I seen, they were more like the top three or four, uh, a little more looking, looked a little more like the patty type. Um, yeah. Real friendly, they were never aggressive toward me. There was quite a bit of a number in that family and I befriended them for probably about three and a half years. I went to see them every day or every other day, except one time I was always there, rain, snow, anything. I went every day or every other day. And I was very friendly with them. They accepted me. It took a long time for me to earn, my, earn the trust from them. About two and a half years probably before they really felt comfortable with me. Uh, they wouldn't come all way out. I only seen three in that family. And there was more, I could hear them, but three of them, uh, one of them became real friendly with me and uh, they were completely different type. And then the other one that I've seen, um, well, I've seen, I've had a couple other encounters besides that and I've seen some other ones just walking somewhere. My, my daughter is nine years old and she is so into this. It's funny because my, my my son is 15. He could care less about it. Uh, my oldest daughter doesn't care anything about it. My grandson, he, he cares about it. He's not as into it as much as my daughter. Me and my nine-year-old daughter, she had her first sighting in August of this year. We were riding down these country roads and it was almost dark. 
in August, uh, about a quarter to nine here our time, which was daylight enough to see, and we're just driving down these roads. I'm taking her back to her mother's house, and uh, she says, Dad, there's a, there's a man chasing a deer. And I looked over real quick, and I said, that's not a man, that's a Bigfoot. She goes, I finally seen one. And she seen the back of it as it went into the woods. And wow. of course, I immediately pulled over, and the lady, it was a lady and her daughter in front of me, they pulled over. And I went up to their car, she, the lady was scared to death. She goes, what was that? And I said, well, that's what we call a Bigfoot. And she said, she rolled the wind up real quick like she thought I was crazy. And, her and her daughter took off, and me and my daughter pulled off the road, off into a little logging road-like, and I went back into the woods trying to find it. I said, you stay in the car and lock the doors, and let me go back and see if I can get a picture of it. And of course, she got a great picture of the deer running, and she didn't get a picture of the, of the back. All she caught was the head and the back of the Bigfoot going into the woods. But, but it was her first sight, and she's so excited. She, talks about it regularly she wants to go over there and spend the night in the woods and <laughs> so she's she's into it she's nine years old she'll be 10 in january so uh she's wow. about the only support i have in the family as far as that goes but That's the rest amazing. of them care less about it but wow. but the third well, creature uh, was real the, the third type i seen was real similar to the second type except the face was a little different so when I say different, it had more human look to it um, wow. than the other ones. So I, I don't know how many different types. You know, if you look in books yeah. and different things, you see 10 or 12 different types. I don't know. I've seen what I believe to be three. Yeah. But, wow. wow, that's just incredible. I, I, I will add, uh, and then there's a few questions. There's a very, very recent sighting from uh, uh, some named Danny in chat said, our forest creature was passing through yesterday morning and roared at my wife and daughter. Yeah. Wow. I know, Dan I know Danny and Aretha Mitchell. They're great people. They're really good friends of mine. They're in the group also. And oh, I've been telling them for quite a while I'm going to get out there and check out their place. And I'm so glad that they're doing better. They all had COVID last week, but yeah, Danny and Aretha and their daughter, uh, they have, uh, I believe, a family on their property. And uh, I'm still planning on getting out there. I, I do message them quite often. They're just really wonderful people. But I think they have a whole family at their place. Wow. Um, I, I will ask, do these creatures look primate to you? They don't to me. Wow. And I, they... I know, I personally believe that I don't think they're ape at all. I think they're ancient people. I would never, nobody will ever convince me they're an ape. They're way too smart, very intelligent, they're very elusive. They're smarter than a lot of people. You can yes. go in, they know what your intentions are. They can just read you. They know what you're, I'm not sure they don't know that what I'm thinking, but they definitely know they know your intentions. You know, if you're in there to hunt one or harm it, you know, they that's why they're probably so elusive. So many people have shot at them and probably killed them and everything mm -hmm. else, but they aren't very trusting with humans. And quite frankly, I don't blame them. Wow. 
quite so yeah, quite right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Humans can't be trusted, can they? Not not all of us. <laughs> well, yeah. your first your first uh, reaction is going to be if you see something like I did on the first encounter. I only have one shot. There was a mm. 50 caliber black powder muzzleloader, which you had to put a ramrod down it. You had one 50 caliber shot. It would have took me a good three minutes to reload, and that's fast. But I was, I didn't know where to shoot it or what to do, because I didn't think one bullet would take it down. So no. I thought it was best to just hope and pray get, that I could get away. Get so. <laughs> yeah, uh, only a little bit. Um, so, Daryl, you have a question up there. Uh, it was V wondering what what colours were the Bigfoot? I've never seen any colour but black. I've probably seen... Now, I've seen some numerous times. The ones on the river, I've seen them numerous times. So, there was three that I've seen there. My first one, I've seen one. And I've probably seen, uh, I've seen six in the National Forest, the uh, Shenandoah National Forest, and those scared me to death. And I had two that, uh, maybe three, I'd only seen two of those that terrorized my farm and uh, killed uh, my cats and tried to kill me. And then I had, uh, had we had a, Billy Howell, uh, one of my research partners, he's probably on here. Uh, Martin Groves, Martin Unley, Billy Howell, and Ron Moorhead has recently kind of joined up with us in our area. And we're planning to do a lot more expeditions. But, but those guys are the ones that I've been with the most. That uh, My close friend, Derry, passed away a couple of years ago. He witnessed quite a few with me. but. Uh, uh, they've all been black. I know Ron very, very well. Yeah, they've all been black. I've done, you know, Billy just seen a brown one at our old location in Cheatham County, Tennessee, a couple, maybe two months ago. He's seen uh, three in one night, two black and a brown. That was a research area that we started in in about 2017 or 18. And there's a whole family there. And, um, had a lot of weird occurrences at that place, but Billy still goes there with another member of our group, Chester Smith. And um, they see him pretty regular. David also lives there. He's probably on here now. Um, he sees them all the time. But but, but I, me personally, I, I don't know how many I've seen. I'd have to count them up, but just, I've seen one crossing the interstate last February uh, in Tennessee at about 2.30 in the morning. Wow. And, uh, you know, they've all been black. I've never seen any color but black. Wow. Uh, the comment says, I have an, um, an older eight gray that ro that roams around. Yeah. The gray ones, uh, from what I'm told, I haven't seen a gray one, but I've heard about gray, uh, more of a salt and pepper type, gray and black mixed. And Danny, like I said, he has, uh, a family living on his farm and he's told me about the gray one and i and i know that they, they can i've heard of people seeing them in gray brown kind of a reddish brown color uh then a brown i've even heard of a light beige color but me personally just black wow well it it it, it kind it kind of 
reminds me of like humans with with skin color. We have all Bruce. different types of skin color here here in the world. Bruce. Maybe it's similar with Bigfoot. Um, like I, a different I, race. I don't see why like, not? Is... Yeah, mm. I, I I don't see why not. Um, well, I think Rebecca Currington, you know, she's one of my admins. Her and Robin Haynes have seen many of them. And uh, I believe she's seen one that was almost a beige color. She lives in wow. South Carolina. Now, you know, that's a, kind of an unusual color. I haven't heard of that one very much. But, you know, I'm sure they come, like you said, in all, all colors, you know, because it's like mm. the human race, you know, we're red yeah. skin, light skin, dark skin. So. Uh, yeah. I think there, I think there's a different type of uh, what I call Sasquatch when you get up into the British Columbia area. Those yeah. seem to be well, Kenny, Kenny and Vicky Busby in Arkansas that are in my group. They have they have one 16 feet tall that they visit regularly. Uh, I think his name's Junior, and uh, he's black. But they have some different colored ones there too. Um, wow. They have a huge. <laughs> yeah, they have one. I think that's. I can be wrong on Junior. It's one of them. It's sixteen foot. Junior might be twelve or fourteen foot. But, but you know, uh, all these people have uh, these incredible people. I mean, they're not mm. just coming up with some kind of story. They got them. No, so, no, uh, no, no. and there's a whole lot of other people in the group that's got you know these creatures, and that, that's just, that's the sad part about research you know I, i'm not i don't really research like i once did for a while i lived in the woods for practically nine years i was out every night looking at these things and i'm not as big into research now as i was then we mainly just research the dog man now in an area and uh, wow. we do run into bigfoot we we seen one um recently there was two behind our cabin we were in and uh uh, we um, we've seen several in our location, but we're mainly looking into the dog man now because of of the fact trying to because of all the things that's happened in the area we're in with attacks and stuff. That's our biggest reason for being there. Martin Groves has really led a a real project of his own there to try to stop all that from happening, from innocent people being harmed by these things. And I don't personally think that all the dog men are bad. I mean, I don't know that. I've, I've seen two, and neither one of them tried to kill me, and it could, one of them could have, but uh, it was seven to ten foot from me. So, uh, wow. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I will say this: I don't trust the dog man. So uh, I feel a little more trustworthy with Bigfoot, even though I've had some bad encounters. Normally, they'll it give shows you a that there's. It shows that there's so many different cryptids out there that we still don't know about. And I keep saying to the people here in the UK, you are never going to cover every cryptid in in deep de detail in your lifetime. It's impossible. You can't. In deep, deep detail, you can't. It's you know, there's just a lot of... There, it seems, and I don't know what it is and why it is, but I know for sure myself from when I started really researching which was about 99 when i really got into it when i met the ones on the river by accident i wasn't even looking for a bigfoot they scared me to death when i found out that's what i was in there with but i was just fishing and run into these things but 
but they were really a nice, they were never aggressive, they were friendly. Um, you know, I think it, it has a lot to do too. They read people and I, I know they can. I, have I ever mind spoke with them? No, I haven't, but many people have. My close friend Scott Pace has, and he does it regularly. Uh, they seem to do that with some people. I've been zapped by them twice, and that's infrasounded, and that's a terrible feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, you get around yeah. one that doesn't want you there, you'll know it. So, and I've had orbs come in and out of nowhere with Billy Howell and myself, and those things have a lot. All this stuff's connected somehow. When I say connected, I mean all the inhumanoids, cryptids, Bigfoot, aliens, UFOs, some ghosts. Somehow, I tr I believe it's all connected. I don't know how, but yeah, yeah. If you go into the woods with a gun or a camera, your chances of seeing one is pretty slim because mm -hmm. these these they have a scout out normally which is normally a younger a younger one and he's out watching when you when they when you pull up they know you're there you're not going to outsmart them that's why I tell people all the time don't waste your time with trail cameras we've had trail cameras they've twisted them they've broke them they've stomped them they've yeah. twisted them on the back of the tree this is not an ape this is a oh oh gone Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> you won. Oh, <laughs> there you are. Yeah. Um, we've, we've, had, yeah. we've just had that conversation actually about trail cameras, haven't we, Daniel? Because we had we that advice yeah. from someone else as well to say don't put them up. Yeah. yeah you, hear, and, you, hear and, a, you hear of a few people that get pictures, you know, on a trail camera, but normally it's not a clear picture. It's either a face real close or an arm or, or something because. They know that camera's there, and yes, they can see the infrared in them, but there are yeah. cameras that aren't yes. infrared, and they still seem to find them. They're, they're just very intelligent. They're not, they're not like a, not that an ape is dumb, but these things are as intelligent as we are. You gotta think they've been out in those woods for all these years. They know how to, you know, hide themselves. They can. They know what they're doing, don't they? Yeah. You can walk right by one and probably never see it. I know I have, and you know, it's, wow. it just conceals itself with the brush and the wood, and it just blends in with it. And you know, I've taken pictures and didn't see any that day. And then you go back and look at the pictures, and you find one or two in there. So it's <laughs> they're really good at concealing themselves. I do believe they cloak or go interdimensional. Have I seen one do that? No, not right in front of me. But uh, Ron Moorhead believes that. And if Ron Moorhead told me it was sunny in midwinter and and, and uh, it wasn't snowing, I would believe him. So he's just that honest and that honorable. But he believes it. And, you know, I, I feel like his book, Quantum Bigfoot pretty much explains it about as good as anything I've ever heard. Mm. So go ahead, Daniel. Let me interrupt you. That's all right. Um, so uh, that, that was a lot of info here. here <laughs> in one. Yeah, that's it's um. Quite hard, I think, for us to take all that in, isn't it? Because yeah, you know, that's just, um. 
clues and things here. And yeah, then we so we we've we've come across we've come across some bits of bobs, haven't we? Um, odd scat uh, bones, but we nothing. No idea what it means. Nothing like yours, mate. That's um. And yeah. wow, <laughs> yeah, that, that mate, that's incredible. Um, I'm gonna switch gears completely and go. What are your thoughts on the Patterson Gimlin film? Hundred percent legitimate, real. Amazing. Hundred percent. I'm one of my one of my closest friends believes it's a fake, and that's okay. We're still best friends, but no, I don't think it was a fake. I think it's as yeah. real as it gets. And yeah. uh, you know, it's MK Davis has done such a great job breaking that down. <laughs> Thinker, Thinker, Thunker has everybody has broken down, and, and everybody says, "Well, look at the muscle tone, the way it moves." I, I mean, yes, mm. I believe that. I, I don't think it's fake. I think it's one hundred percent real. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know how anybody. Yes. There, there, there's so many good videos. If you get, you know, you look at the Freeman footage. I mean, it's probably my second favorite of all time, and. You know, Paul Freeman was just incredible. He'd go out and look for these things and have one of those old nine millimeters or cameras, and he got what I think is probably the second best footage I've ever seen. You know, Michael mm-hmm. Freeman, his son, he promotes Paul now. Paul's gone, but Paul Freeman done a lot for the Bigfoot. Um, he really done a lot for the Bigfoot exploring and people out trying to prove they were real. And there's a lot of other ones too. There's there's I've posted several times top ten what I consider the best. The Mississippi skunk ape is one that's just incredible. The guy catches the. I mean, how many times do you see that? The the turkey, the girl turkey hunting that catches two walking right by. Her. There's many of them. The Fourth of July footage. Some people say that's fake. I don't think it is. It's a big foot carrying a baby next to some big boulders and. There's a lot of good footage out there. You know, now you've got more people in the woods than you've ever had. And I think that, you know, I think that there's more of these creatures now than there ever was. And I think their numbers are growing. Um, I hear these numbers all the time, where there might be 4,000 in the United States. I just start laughing because I believe there's that many in my area. But uh, I, I don't know how many there are, but there's a great number of them. And there's a lot more creatures that we've never heard of now. You know, people mm-hmm. are seeing all kinds of different things that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've seen a Bigfoot and a dog man. I haven't seen little people. I haven't seen an alien. You know, I haven't seen uh, a lot of things. A lizard creature, which uh, Rebecca Curtin talks about quite often down in her area of South Carolina. You know, there's people that see things all the time and, you know, credibility on it is it's kind of hard to prove it. You just have to tell people what you've seen because, mm. you know, I took 32 pictures with a disposable camera with my Bigfoot on the river back in 99 to probably 2000, middle of 2001. And every picture turned out black. There was nothing on the picture. Now, how does that happen? Wow. I've also been in the wow. I've also been in the woods too with Billy Howell in Cheatham County and all of our equipment went dead. Flashlights, cell phone, battery, my watch even stopped at twelve forty my watch stopped at twelve forty eight at mid and in the you know, 
late eight, late, late nine. I don't know how that happens, and but they have a way of um, special abilities that we don't understand. I think the human race itself, over the years, we don't practice things that they, our ancient people once did, and mm. we have a lot more abilities than we think we have, and. I do think there's more dimensions that we can see, like a dog or a cat can see. They say three or four. I don't know how reliable that is, but I think there's other dimensions. Um, portals. Uh, I have seen two portals. Um, Jennifer Appleton has one of the best por portals I've ever seen in her place. A storm where a Bigfoot walks out of one. And Scott Carpenter, the late Scott Carpenter, my good friend who helped me rebuke the ones at my farm back, back in 2020. Uh, he had one of the best ones ever on a trail behind him with some kind of creature coming out of it. Um, I don't know. It's hard oh, to explain all and, and I'll, and, and I'll <laughs> jump in right there. And, and I'm going to tell you the absolute truth is I haven't done any work into the paranormal world because in my mind at 14 and autistic it's very hard to kind of keep an open mind about it and 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 even even jill can say this is we haven't really taken much into the portal side but you aren't the first person to say it, and it's starting to actually just go, hold on a minute, for some weird thing, maybe it is going on, maybe, maybe, maybe it actually is there, and it's it's just incredible, but, and well, when you I, know, to... I know if we saw it, if we saw it, we would go, we've seen it, and a lot of people go, no, that's mad, but if you've seen it, then this is uh, the next best thing daniel isn't it like we haven't seen anything but we're literally talking to a really well-known respected person that is telling us this yeah well you know I, here's the thing that people don't understand your your regular researchers and I, I don't i don't personally call people that go in the woods on the weekend once a month researchers I mean, they're, they're going out there trying to find something, and that's all good. I'm not criticizing, but you have to spend a, a tremendous amount of time deep in and with these in the same area they're in. And you've got to go out there and really spend an, un, an unbelievable amount of time and energy to, stay, to see things. I mean, you're not going to, you may get lucky and walk in and run right up on one, but. It's only because they wanted you to see them, because they knew you were there. You're not going to trick one and sneak in on them. So, for some reason, they may want you to see them. I don't know. You know, you've got people like Danny and Aretha there. Rebecca Curtin has them all around her place, like Jennifer Appleton does. And Robin Haynes has them. She has the same. There's so many people that have them, you know, around their place that... They're not even fearful of them anymore. They've learned to adapt mm -hmm. with them and, and understand they're not there to harm them. But uh, yeah. you know, like I said, that's that's the good that's the good kind. Now, there are those I believe that would probably harm you and might even kill you. But mm. you don't ever know what you're going to run into out there. That's the big thing I tell people all the mm -hmm. time. When you go into the mm -hmm. woods, don't ever go by yourself. 
take at least one person yeah. and always let somebody know where you're going. I can run faster than Jill, Darren. So, uh, <laughs> Daryl, I can run faster than Jill. I'm absolutely <laughs> fine. <laughs> That's what he keeps I'm, telling me. Every time I'm we glad go out, you, Daniel, I'm proud of you. I'm glad you, you can probably outrun me. But uh, my, best, <laughs> my, my, my best friend, Martin Groves, he says, I'm the fat man. Just let, let them get me. You guys get away. So, But, you know, we would never leave him if something attacked him. But, you know, it's uh, it's just what it is, you know. You, you've got people that work real hard and they really try real hard to see these creatures and they don't see anything. They get frustrated. Uh, they can't understand why they can't see one. And then you've got other people that go in and their first two or three times they've found them. But, you know, anytime you for the, the the three things I tell people all the time, if you want to find a, a family, I, I do things a little different. If I'm out by myself or with another friend, I, I, I meditate or say a little prayer before I go in because these are creatures of the forest and they respect the forest. And, and I do think people that have a what I call a, a, a real intense, clear heart have a better chance to see creatures like this than other people who have a, a ill-minded feeling of wanting to harm them. Because there's a lot of people who go in, I've had people call me, hey, let's take you to your spot. I want to shoot one. I'm going to sell it for a million dollars. And I say, no, I'm not taking you in there. But uh, there's people that that's their main goal to, you know, get one. And, I don't believe that would work anyway, because if you shot one of these things, I don't believe you're going to get out of the woods alive, because the no. rest of the family is just like your family. You harm your, somebody harms you, then your family's going to try to protect you. So, yeah. but there, yeah. there are, you know, there are people that have the wrong intent. You know, if you can find these creatures are always going to be close to water. They're always going to be close to a food source which in my area is mainly deer and wild hogs that they feed on. And they're always going to be in an area where they can see you before you can see them. Uh, a thick, concealed area or a higher up area where they can watch you. And their, their intent is not to be harmed. So um, I see Hardy's got something up there. I don't know what he's asking, but... So, Harley. Har you, you, so you Har Harley's, yeah, you, you are you are very very liked in the chat, Daryl. Uh, I've had the most viewers uh, I've had on a live stream. Well, so I mean, it's so not. It's, I think it's just good friends of mine that I asked to watch. We wanted to help you with your show and oh, hopefully get you. you some views. And Thanks, Daryl. On top of the Thanks, fact that most of the people that are on here, I know of most of them, and Harley's a good researcher. So, uh, so Harley yeah. has uh, Harley Harley contacted me probably about ten minutes before um, before this interview. So Harley, I will dare I will definitely get back to you about um, the encounter. The encounter. Um, she sent um, a massive message is it good is i it can't read the, I, I can't read the message i can just see the name but uh, 
Yeah. I don't know, know what um, the is, but I, I so do know you've had some very very good comments here. Um, so V said this. Um, please can Daryl tell us about Dogma? About Dogman, please. Uh, are they associated with portals and cloaking? There. That I couldn't answer for you. I can only speak of what I've done or seen or encountered. I, I've never seen a dog man um, by a cloak. And my first sighting of a dog man was in 2021, October. And that was in Tazewell, Virginia. Uh, a, a man contacted me with his son about his goats being killed. And I went up there for nearly a month uh, every day trying to see this creature. I knew what it was when I seen the footprints around the goat, the goat pen that all the goats were killed by this time I was there. But I knew it wasn't a Bigfoot. I knew the track because I've seen lots of dogman tracks, mainly in the LBL and a few other areas with my good friend Martin Groves and, and Barton Unley. Um, uh, Billy Howell, I think, also had a really good dogman print not long ago he posted. But uh, and a lot of others have good dogman prints. But uh, the one I seen, uh, my first one, um, I was about to the giving up point, and I caught this one coming across the field. Um, it didn't run like a dog; it galloped like a horse, and. I watched it run from one corner down to another corner and I was on a hill next to my truck with binoculars watching this. Um, it looked just like a German Shepherd. The head did, a black German Shepherd. Um, it wasn't huge. It was right around six foot tall or a little taller. The weirdest thing about it was when it got to the fence line, uh, it stood up on its hocked legs and it climbed over the fence like a person and looked right in my direction, did not see me, but it looked like a black German shepherd head, but it was walking like a, a man. Um, the second wow. one I seen uh, was with Martin Groves um, in October of 22. Uh, a year ago, October 19th, I believe was the date. We had been back, they wanted me to go back with him to um, his 29th anniversary of the place that him and, he and his partner were attacked by some dog man and Bigfoot. And we were in there late at night and um, we, talk, we got on this, this area is so remote, there's roads everywhere, gravel, dirt roads, it's about 170,000 acres back in there. <clears throat> that particular one uh, was probably the strangest thing that I've ever witnessed. I was seven to ten, five to ten feet from it. I was looking right at it. It was uh, kind of a mist at first. It was laying in the ditch line, which turned out to be an old creek bed next to a culvert is where it was laying in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, way out and this was late at night and it was uh, kind of a misty looking and I kept looking at it I thought what is that and by the time I told Martin to look he said I see it and it was kind of a bluish color at first and then it turned into a gray silver color 
and uh, it was somewhere between eight to ten foot uh, in size, and it had a head that was about half the size of our truck windshield. It was massive head, and it had a uh, mane below its head like a line. Um, had a, like a smirk on its face, almost like a grin. It was staring right at me. It had eyes that looked like two tiny flashlights, clear and deep. And it was the strangest thing I ever seen. As it got up, it was laying down when we spotted it, looking right at me. And when it got up and went behind the vehicle we were sitting in, it um. The very tips of its hair were lit up like they had light in them. It's very strange looking. But when it got up, you could also you could see through this thing. It was transparent at the same time, and you could see it. And it, and it Martin was. We were both hit with infrasound, and I didn't get hit, hit nearly as bad as he did. But the whole inside of the truck smelled so bad uh, that he couldn't hardly stand the smell. And um, it, um, Martin was so sick, I was worried about him because he was having a hard time breathing. His throat swelled together and his tongue swelled up. And, wow. Uh, he had a, I had a massive headache and chest felt like heavy in my chest, but, and my legs were tingly, but he was a lot worse than I was. And I was real concerned about him getting out of there, but this thing went behind our truck went through a little field and then went up the side of a bank and you could hear it breaking limbs and branches going up this hillside. It was heavy sounding and uh, it was just never seen anything like that in my life. I don't, it was just absolutely the strangest thing I've ever seen. It was almost cartoonish looking. So, uh, but, you know, we got out of there, and I was worried about him. We got to a spot where he could get out and move around a little bit. He got a little better, but he, he was sick for about a week over there. I, I got well that night. I was wow. But um, I don't really know. We just did a, I was fortunate enough to be asked to do a, a documentary with Small Town Monsters with uh, Martin Groves and some other people in our group. Hell Ben Holler was there, Joe and Jesse Dahl, and um some other people also but um we went back to the location uh late october this year and went through the whole reenactment with them and told the story and took them back to the exact spot um, we were even out there in the dark at night they was hoping to and they they had a few weird sounds out there themselves they got a little nervous but they've been around excuse me they've been around that type of stuff so often, I don't think that bothers them too much. But but that's a strange area that we go into. It's called Land Between the Lakes, LBL, people call it. It's in Tennessee and Kentucky and the U.S. And been lots of dogman sightings there and Bigfoot. And supposedly a lot of attacks too, of people have been attacked by the dogman. So, wow. Um, you know, we, uh, me and Barton and Martin, uh, Martin Emily and Martin Groves go there at least once a month and stay two or three, four nights. And uh, this Ron Moorhead went with us last time we were there and he had a great time. And that was the same guy. We were having all the Bigfoot action out next to the cabin. They were breaking limbs and everything watching us. And uh, 
But it is, now, you know, God, I'm, man, I don't know what to tell you. I've only seen two. I don't know if they can go interdimensional. What I seen was kind of interdimensional, but it wasn't. I don't know if they come out of portals or not. Martin thinks it was coming out of a portal. That's what that blue mist was. We seen it first, but it may have been. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I definitely got an expert on dog, man. I don't, I'm going to interrupt you there, Daryl, and, ju- and just um, go to this comment. Now, Jill, um, this comment here says um, this person found 18-inch Bigfoot tracks. Oh man, that's Hello. Roger. That's Roger. Uh, Roger's got a great, great podcast himself. He's in the group. He's oh, got squatching hot. So we've the reason why I pointed that out, Daryl, is because it's the same size as our footprint we found. Yeah, he was actually uh, Roger was actually in the same area that we were in in February of this this year when we had dog men all around us they were howling it got pretty scary that night we were out there in the middle, <laughs> middle of an area and it got pretty crazy uh, matter of fact I'd never seen Martin get nervous like that and Martin I mean I were sitting next to the fire and you could hear howls I mean you could hear these dog men were coming and uh you know, we're sitting there pretty trying to be calm and Martin's had got zapped that night before that happened. And he wasn't feeling very well and he was late he was his seat was laid back in his suburban part right next to us at the fire and Wow, I, it, it, it strange thing about that night is uh, you know, Beth Collinsworth I, I can't get any cell service there at all. I mean I get nothing. I can't get a signal, no Wi-Fi, and Beth Collinsworth calls me at two o'clock in the morning. How she did it, I don't know. She's in the group, but she has pretty good special ability about her anyway. And I answer the phone. And I said, "Beth," and she goes, "I go, I don't even have any service." How'd she call me? And she said, "How'd you call me?" And she said, "You got these creatures. They're all around you, and there's a feral band with them." And I said, really? So uh, Martin gets up, he gets out of the truck, he goes into the woods. I said, don't go in the woods, man. These dog men are coming, they're around, we can hear them. And we already had a Bigfoot to the left on the top of the hill. Wow. He'd been watching us for about an hour and a half behind a tree. And Martin goes into the woods. And I'm trying to yell at him and Barton too. And I said, don't go in the woods, man. And we're, he just don't go, right, don't go. Right past, right past the fire and walks into the woods and starts chanting, uh, I don't know, I think a religious scripture. And I'm talking about it got as quiet as you could hear a pin drop. We didn't hear another sound the rest of the night. So uh, these creatures do, all these creatures, Bigfoot, dog man they know what jesus christ is I, I, they and they fear jesus christ so um i don't know wow. don't know how that works but it does and you know that's what stopped me back in 2020 with scott carpenter when he helped me rebuke him in my farm so uh it's it's a it's such an a big and interesting mystery and you could go on for days and days and just speak about it couldn't you it, it's just I, 
you know, it's I've, I've just learned so much and experienced so much over the years. Getting back to Roger a minute ago, man, he found some great tracks. He spent, I think, weekend before last up there, close to the same area we were in. And, uh, you know, Roger done a great job. He found some nice tracks. He found some areas where he thought they were at. And, uh, you know, he was real close to where we were at. He wasn't very far. Uh, that area up in there is real. A lot of people won't go in there. We were told that we were the only people that ever stayed the night there, ever. Nobody else would stay yeah. there. But, you know, like we, we may not have made it ourselves. It hadn't been for Martin doing what he, doing what he did, but it was very it, strange. But. It, mate, your stories this evening have been incredible. Jill, would you agree with that? Those Absolutely. stories have been I mean, blown my mind talk all night couldn't you it's so fascinating it's amazing speaking to you I'm I'm just keeping my eye on the timer Daniel because you're going to have to um, probably close it fairly soon so um, forever um, but we're on a I'm just going to say thank you so much um, for 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 being um, on with us and thank you to everyone in the chat we've had some brilliant questions daryl i think you're the most famous in my podcast at the moment um well, you, <laughs> you, you, just, you just got started i'm sure you'll have a lot more famous than me i'm not famous i'm just me but uh you know with you uh i don't mind ans- answering any any questions that i can but uh you know if yeah, you're welcome, I'm, I'm not in a hurry if you need to go that's fine i have no problem with that at all i'm honored to be I'm on the show we are very, very glad to, to have you. So thank you so much, everyone. And please subscribe to um, the M- Mythical Legends show. Um, now, we we have a great intro, but thank you so much, guys. And we shall see you very, very soon. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mythical Legends podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group. The truth is out there.